This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hey guys, welcome to the Survival Show podcast with me, David, and Craig, and it's our job to take you step-by-step through the mindset, skills, tactics, and gear you need to survive almost any crisis, emergency, or disaster, and show you how to use the lessons you learned today to thrive in your life tomorrow. Craig, how's it going, man? Did you work out today? I actually worked out late. I'm in a position right now where I'm doing some stuff through the night. Uh, doing some work with my local police department. Oh, so I'm okay. working out at night, dude, like at two, three o'clock in the morning. Wow. So yes, uh, I don't know exactly what day it is right now because <laughs> of all that, <laughs> because I haven't I'm getting about three hours of sleep a day right now. Oh man. But, uh, but I'm still getting my workout in. That's for sure. And, uh, I just had to adjust cause I don't have a gym. So, uh, a kettlebell and a sandbag, my friend kettlebell and nice, a sandbag. Nice. You can take them anywhere. And you can kick your own butt with a kettlebag and a sand. You, either one, either one of them by themselves will kick your butt if you uh, if you know how to work it. So yeah, you know I have never worked a kettlebell. You, I, I'll have to you have to teach me how to do that. But you sound, dude, you sound good for for having like two three hours worth of sleep. <laughs> dude, I love a kettlebell, man. Um, there's something. I mean, like just look up. Here's one for you right now. Just look. Okay. Look up Turkish get up. Okay. It's, it's start out light. I'm just telling you, start out light for you, whatever light is for you. And when I say, you know, light, I, I'm saying probably 20 pounds or less. Okay. Um, and th- and just do them. Oh, my goodness, man. You talk about a full body workout. It, it's really? good. It's, you can use it as a warm-up. You can uh, you can do, you know, 150 of them and utilize it as your, pri- your you know, your workout because it's going to do everything. Uh, it's it's fantastic. So look that up and check it out. It's it's. Good I can stuff. check that out. Well, cool man. You want to tell the guys what we have up today? Yeah, uh, guys, gals. Here's here's what's going on. We're we got another spinoff today. We're going to throw out the basically the thumbs up thumbs down segment today on its own, and uh, that way we can focus some attention, extend this out a little bit, but at the same time leave it less than fifteen minutes. And that way our primary show that comes out on Sunday mornings. Uh, is is right where it needs to be in length, and these get to be a little bit more where they need to be. I've got a good one for this one, David. Cool. I'm gonna, well, let's talk about Survival TV. What I wanted to do, guys and gals, is uh, Survival TV is is such a big part. Every time I have a class, some, somebody wants to talk about Survival TV. And so what I thought we would do is look at it in a general sense today. And then actually bring up some of these shows. I want to stay away from the personalities on them. Uh, I don't know that that serves us real well, but maybe it does. That way we can uh, break down and see what we can learn from these shows and, and take from them. So in general, the big question, first question is, in general, David, are you a fan of survival TV? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Since you're talking in general, I'm going to I'm gonna squeeze in a couple extra words here. But I think survival TV has evolved into a thumbs down industry for me so thumbs down <laughs> this is gonna be crazy because <laughs> well, i thumb- thought you would give it a thumbs up and i bet you thought i was gonna give it a thumbs down i'm gonna give it a thumbs up 
Are you really? And here's the reason why. I don't, without survival TV, I don't think me and you would be here right now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so making uh, lemonade out of lemons is is the way I look at it, is that, you know, it? Uh, I'm not a fan of survival TV. As we get into these shows, you're going to find out I haven't watched them. <laughs> I guess I just, because I don't, <laughs> I don't watch survival TV. I'm um, not an incredibly big fan of it, but obviously I, I watch segments here and there just to, people are always asking me about things. So I'll, I'll watch segments just to, to understand what people are asking me. And, uh, so I give it a thumbs up because it does get people interested in taking care of themselves. I think most of it tends to be, uh, it, uh, something different than education, whether you want to call it enrichment or whether you want to call it entertainment is up to you. I don't care what you call it, but I think most survival TV gets away from being really solid educational material. But for that reason, I mean, I think it's better than watching, you know, the other crap that's on TV. If I was going to watch TV, this is the kind of stuff I'd probably watch. Yeah, you have some good you have good points there and that's why I said in general I think it's evolved into a thumbs down industry for me because I, I think in the early days I mean I, I'm just thinking specifically about some some shows here in the early days it was remember back when reality TV was a new thing and we were like wow that's kind of cool well the re- one of the reasons reality TV became so popular is because the production cost of reality tv is so much lower than coming up with you know dramas that take script writers and everything else early on i was i was pretty stoked about it you know lester out survivor man a lot of good stuff there i enjoyed what bear girls did to raise an awareness of getting outside and getting excited about the outdoors to a whole new generation. So let's do this. Let's, uh, you, you kind of got to start it on it, but let's go ahead and, and talk about a few of these shows and, and, uh, get some thoughts. Cause some of these, I mean, like I said, I don't watch TV, but some of these I have seen and, uh, I'll give what thoughts I have on them and you may have some more in depth thoughts. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. sounds like a good idea. Well, let's start us. You, you already started us off really, but what about survivor man, Mr. Les Stroud? What were your thoughts on that show? Yeah. I, I mean, I like Les a lot. He's a great guy. He's got many various diverse talents. You know, Survivor Man, Les did a really interesting thing. He he went out with a very basic kit and simulated some some real situations and took himself and a camera and he self-filmed. And uh, the, the early Survivor Man stuff was just really, really helpful. I have watched several of Les Stroud's shows and I always thought they were pretty good. He did a good job of entertaining and educating at the same time as he pulled out stories, much like we're trying to do when we pull out stories on our podcast. There's, you know, I'm being very transparent on it. People like stories. It's easy to connect to a story. And so he would set up a scenario and uh, in that scenario, it was something that he had actually pulled from the news or, or it was a conglomeration of things that had happened. And then he would play it out as best he could doing so by himself, just, just having my own YouTube channel and imagining how much effort he put into getting real good shots and stuff to add in to make it and enriching and, and, and even entertaining. I, I remember watching one of his shows where he had a, he was doing some voiceover, but there's a shot of him where he set up a camera and then he walked into frame and across the view and then out. I mean, it looked like he was half a mile away or something. Mm-hmm. And, and it struck me after I started doing my own YouTube channel <laughs> that he had to set that camera up, go out there, walk out in front there, of the camera, walk back, then 
come back and get the camera and then go about his business. And he, and so he did that for the purpose of making it an enjoyable show to watch. So kudos to him. I I thought it was good. And he's, and he's got very sound, very, very sound survival education. And, uh, he's really good at sharing that. So you alluded to uh, man versus wild, Mr. Grills. What are your thoughts there? I know he's controversial. I know that there's a lot of things that he's showed in the in his show specifically that kind of slipped over into you know some very very complex things that you would never attempt in a survival situation. But what I liked about Bear is one that he was contagiously positive. He was exciting. He uh, captured our imagination, and I, I do believe that that he really blew open this whole outdoor skills survival genre because he captivated an audience, and I think specifically a new generation of of kids that were you know tending towards spending all of their time. <laughs> maybe not doing things that we did when we were growing up, getting outside, playing baseball, getting out in the woods, you know, doing all riding our bikes, all that sort of stuff. And I think he captivated them. And, and I know a lot of young men that were really affected by, by his passion for the outdoors and uh, kind of making it exciting. So regardless of, of what your perspective is on Bear Girls, I think he did a lot of good for all of us in various ways, whether you agree with all of his tactics or the way things were filmed or not, you know, Bear Girls is legit in my opinion. I think it's easy to, uh, to throw the show that he was on and make that about him. And it's not, that's, that's a production, which is a whole lot of people involved and, and, Mm -hmm. and he is an employee at that point. And so particularly early on, he did a good job of entertaining people. A lot of the Mm -hmm. survival stuff is just, it's not, sound advice in my opinion uh, but it was a show that got people outside got people interested he spun that off into an incredible amount of uh of gear and again whether i agree with that gear or not which most of it i don't mm-hmm. people got it and are getting outside with it and, and in my opinion they're starting and and if they have good mentors and good instructors then those people can guide and direct them in probably a what i would consider a better piece of gear or something of that nature but but with that said, I mean, there's not a class that I teach that somebody doesn't come with Bear Grylls equipment, and they probably would have not come if they didn't have it. And so I'm thankful sure. for that. Uh, and again, he's the person, and I always try to go back to this, but the person Bear Grylls is different than the character Bear Grylls. The person Bear Grylls had an incredible career in the um, British military. And so kudos to him for that. I, You know, I, I'm always a fan of those guys, period. Uh, and so, uh, when I say those guys, military personnel, I'm always a fan of them, but, uh, just, I, I think everybody needs to recognize that that show was entertainment more than anything else. In my opinion, I was going to throw this one back at you because I haven't seen much of it, but man, woman and wild Michael Hawk and his wife would say you, <laughs> uh, same thing. Michael Hawk is an incredible, uh, he was special forces. Uh, I don't know what his, uh, his rank was when he retired, but I know he's at least a captain. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I give him a lot of props for that. I talked to him at length uh, about my first book. Uh, he recommended it. Uh, one of his recommendations on the back of my first book. Uh, he's a Kentucky guy. He was he spent a great deal of his life in Kentucky, and so we have that connection. So uh, I found him to be an incredibly uh, generous person with with sharing. I mean, he and I talked at length several times, uh, and he was happy to do that. Or I should say, he seemed to be happy to do that. Um, uh, just, a, just a genuine person. Um, I only saw one show 
that he did, and it was one that was filmed here in Kentucky. I also know some of the things that happened behind the scenes production-wise that I wasn't a fan of, uh, but that was separate from what he and his wife were doing. Uh, they were the on-air talent. It, the production crew, what they wanted to do, I'm not a fan of. Um, and, th- and that's why I think so many things, so many of these shows get tied into the personality, and they should. That's what they're there for. They're the talent. But uh, I think we also need to understand that a lot of stuff that happens on TV is is the production crew, how a show is edited. And so, you know, I've got some friends that were on these shows that are made out to be not so bright. And uh, they're actually really good survival instructors. And so I think it's unfortunate. So it's it's something to keep in mind for sure. Yeah, it is really important because the final cut is not up to them. They They have virtually no say in what you actually see on TV. And I, I did think that I saw a couple episodes of his show. I thought it was an interesting play that that he went out with his wife and, uh, you know, she was uh, very much his, his equal in in uh, her intensity and, you know, desire to learn things and do things. So it was kind of an interesting play there. Uh, that, that, that to me was that play between him and his wife made – made me interested in seeing a couple episodes anyway. I want to say something about that since you brought it up. Cause I think it's important is that, uh, I think we've, we've talked about this before, but this idea of the lone wolf and you going off and doing your own thing in survival, you know, that came up because, or one of the several reasons, but survivor man did that. Um, you know, Lester out bear grills did that. Heck Jeremiah Johnson <laughs> and, uh, these movies. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the movie, Jeremiah Johnson, but, um, but this Michael Hawk, taking his wife out there and showing the dynamics of a husband wife team. That's real. That's realism for everybody that's married. I mean, these guys that have a show on and, and some of these others like dual survival, we'll talk about uh, where these guys go out and do their own thing. Um, I mean, are they just going to walk away from their wife? <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, that's just, that's just wrong. I mean, it's just wrong. And so kudos to, uh, Mike Hawk and, and his wife for, for doing that together. So so we've got Naked and Afraid next. And here here's my issue with that. I have literally, and you maybe are not going to believe this, I have literally not seen an entire episode of that period. So I, I don't I don't I don't have much of an opinion about it outside of the fact that uh, the shock appeal of the name was genius and a draw and again it just gets back to the marketing aspect of the survival shows i'm in the same exact boat as you are Uh, i've seen one and the only one that i've seen and watched from beginning to end was the one that clint was on clint for those that are not familiar with me and david me and david and clint taught classes together in pennsylvania clint javoin um and i watched clint on tv clint did not fare well on the show and here's the thing i know clint is smarter I know Clint is better than what was depicted on that show. And that's one of the reasons I got such a negative opinion is uh, Clint is a pretty accomplished woodsman and uh, survivalist. Uh, I don't like using that word survivalist, but he's an accomplished survivalist. And, uh, and the way, you know, I don't know Clint exceptionally well. We've only taught a few classes and we talk semi-regularly. But what I saw on that show is not the Clint that I know. He's better than that. And it's just, it's one of those times where it was enough for me to, to recognize that, you know, you know, these guys and gals are at the mercy of the editors and the production crew. And so, uh, we need to understand it now to go back to what you've said, I can teach, my wife teaches outdoor leadership and survival classes. Uh, 
in schools. And I used to teach quite a bit of them. She teaches all of them now. And I teach classes. And every time we teach a class, when we get started, we'll usually get a conversation started on what, what have you watched on TV, survival related. And every single time somebody has watched Naked and Afraid. It's really surprising uh, in, in that, that, that show did accept, and I'm not sure, even the kids, I'm not sure that the kids have watched it because if you query them further on it, they don't really know much about the show, but they know that name. And so that name was marketing genius. Yeah, I agree. The, the one part of an episode that I saw was the one with Clint and I, I just double that Clint Clint's top notch and what we we've done four years of training together. The, the three of us, right? So what's next on our list? Dual survival. So the, the concept, uh, the let's go back to the production and the value of the show. And again, this is why I wanted to stay stay on the focus on the show itself rather than the, the individual people on it because I'm not interested in doing too much on that. But the, sh- the concept of the show, the part that made it entertaining, and let me be clear, every one of these shows are supposed to be entertaining. They are not documentaries. Right, 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 right. Yeah, uh, they they are entertaining, and that's why even even Les Stroud show that I loved, that's why he would take shots where he was you know half a mile away because that was somewhat enriching or entertaining to see instead of him just being on a camera talking monotone to a camera. He's an incredible educator. He could have done that. But so with all that said, all these shows are about somewhat about entertainment. Um, the entertainment value of a dual survival from what my perspective, I only saw one, um, uh, one of those segments I've heard so much about the others, um, from other people, but, um, uh, the one segment I saw, it seemed like it, the, the premise was to have two counter, uh, ideas on how to go about getting something done and seeing how those two right. ideas came together at the end usually. And so, I'm guessing, you know, I never was on the show, obviously, but I'm guessing there was some forced disagreement, forced argumentation that happened. And uh, that is there to make people watch and talk about it around the cooler at work the next day. And so that's that sells commercials, Um, you know, um, but as far as that being able to uh, um, to do what it intended to do, which is show two different perspectives. Hey, straight up. That's what mine and David's thumbs up, thumbs down segment is about too. So that premise is, is an important one because David and I don't agree. Like today we haven't agreed uh, originally on our thumbs up or thumbs down. So uh, I think it's good for people to take an opportunity to show how to disagree on subjects and then and then come to an agreement. It seemed like what's what I saw on the one show that I saw, which was like in the like the first season, the two people that were on the show, um, they disagreed and argued a lot. And that was part of the entertainment value, it seemed to me. And so, you know, if that's if that's what sells commercials, then Discovery does a good job of doing it. I will say this. I asked people every time, like I mentioned earlier, I asked all my classes, do you watch survival TV? And that's there to basically get a conversation started with people that I'm not familiar with if I've got a lot of new students. And then uh, and very few people have heard of that show that come to my classes, at least. And I mean, uh, I mean, everybody, somebody's talks about Naked and Afraid. A lot of people know Bear Grylls and low, no less Stroud, but if you bring up like a lot of people will say something about the uh, they'll they'll say stuff like the guy with the pigtails 
and the military guy that was with him, which is Cody Lundin and David Canterbury. Uh, they, they, they don't know their names, um, but they do know the premise of the show and, and what was there. And so I, I think that's interesting. Uh, but, but again, that's a small segment of the population that might come to a nature online school class, for example, not uh, obviously the show was very successful and a lot more people know about it than what is indicated in my, in my classes. That's for sure. Yeah. I think you did a good job there, Craig, kind of parsing that and, and yeah, the, the dynamics of the show are what made it interesting. I've probably seen a total of maybe five or six episodes. And, and for me, as I, I grew in my skills and, and my core values, as far as, you know, what we do as educators and, you know, weaving in some entertainment value, my perspective has honestly changed over time. So I've started to lose interest in some shows that maybe I found entertaining early on. I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, but that's, uh-huh. that's just kind of where I'm at with a lot of these shows now. You know, I, I like post-apocalyptic dramas <laughs> that are well done, but as far as um, survival reality shows, I'm just not all that much into them. But I will say that one person in particular, and I, I'm just going to have to talk Creek Stewart here. Creek's done two shows that I know of, uh, Fat Guys in the Woods and SOS How to Survive on the Weather Channel. And I've actually found both of those very interesting, but I, I know that Creek has intended to make it educational. The premise of Fat Guys in the Woods was taking, what was it, three or four guys who would not normally spend time out there and taking them through a series of challenges, training them up and uh, kind of monitoring their progress from afar to, I think, almost challenge and encourage them in uh, getting outdoors and gaining some skill. What's your take on that? Man, I had not watched any of those shows until we were uh, set and Creek was going to come on the show and we were going to interview him for this podcast. So I watched mm-hmm. I watched one of each. I watched one of the fat guys in the woods and I watched one of the SOS. Creek is just a, a pretty relatable, down-to-earth gentleman. Uh, as he was on our podcast, he presented really good information. Creek Creek's one of those MacGyver type guys, in my opinion, where he likes to show things that are not normal, that they're not the typical stuff and, and how to problem solve, adapt, improvise and overcome. It, it seems like he did a, on the two shows that I saw, he did a really good job of doing that on those shows. So I thought, I thought that provided, uh, something worthwhile of entertainment for sure for people that like watching TV. So, uh, I think he did a, a good job of that. And, and again, Creek's Creek's man. Creek's Creek's a solid guy. I like Creek. <laughs> okay. Alone. Okay. So this is the first one that I have watched considerable amount of. I watched, I don't, I, again, I've, I mentioned, I don't watch TV that much. I don't have cable or anything. So anything that I watch has to be something that's come out on the internet. Uh, I watched the first season. Uh, I watched every show I watched on the day after they aired because they would uh, air them one night and then they put them on their website on the history channel the next day. So that's how I watched them. Mm-hmm. The second, the second season I started watching and then I had to pay to be able to do it. And I'm just not going to pay, um, to, to watch that kind of stuff. Cause I do that stuff for a living. I, I really, really like the concept of people being stuck alone and working through their problems. Uh, I've done that. I, I spent 30 days out on my own twice. And so um, I, I did it back before it was cool. You know, I did this 25 years ago and uh, before it was cool and sexy on TV. And so I had some very important things that I learned during that time that I share in my classes. 
because it's important. And some of that stuff comes out on that show. And so I really like it for that. I think it's interesting to see how, uh, you know, there's some people that, you know, they get on those shows, I think, to try to start a survival school, if you will, Mm -hmm. or to, you know, make a living. And and then uh, there's some people in there that I would never want to spend another second of my time with um, because of the way they presented themselves on the show. And there's other people that I would love to spend time in the woods with. And so uh, I think it's it's interesting that uh, how that stuff works out. Yeah, I remember when when they're casting for the original show, I was at a a, a 40 day survival school experience. And uh, the person that was leading the training there was, you know, talking to the people about it. And it, it was interesting how the show was pitched and how it came out. The, the way that it was pitched to him was totally different than the way it came out on TV. And I have to agree with you. Out of all the shows, I think I watched through all of the first three seasons. And I just, I, for the same reasons that you said, I found it a very intriguing show where mindset, I've heard this a lot. I'm so tired of hearing about mindset. Just give me some gear. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and it's like that, I think that show really brought out the, the importance of mindset. But it was always interesting how people were thinking before they left on the journey and uh, how mindset even affected some of them in the first day, two or three in ways that they would have never, ever guessed about themselves. So let's just talk really briefly about some action steps. I only, I actually only have one out of this, just some lessons learned and some things people can take away here. The the only one that I have, and I just, I can't emphasize this enough. I just want to encourage any of our listeners to actually take steps to live their life out to accomplish their dreams and not sit in front of YouTube or the TV and live your life vicariously through others. And, and honestly, that's, I just, I personally don't have a whole lot of time to I don't watch YouTube, dude. I don't, I don't have time for TV. Um, you know, I'm busy about kind of my bucket list items and serving my family and, and getting out and in the woods and, and doing the things that I like to do. So that that's, I guess that's my action step for you guys. I, you know, don't take this wrong. I just, I just want to encourage you to get out, to get out, live your life and accomplish your dreams. People learn by several different ways. They learn by watching people do things. They learn by listening to people talk about things and they learn by doing things. From our perspective, from the research that we've gathered, if you want to be able to reproduce a skill set, for example, let's say you want to reproduce bow drill fire making, you need to spend 80% of your time trying to make bow drill fires. Somewhere around the other, the other remaining 20%, split that up in watching people make bow drill fires and listening to people talk about making bow drill fires. That's why an instructor is very valuable. For example, I know you have a really good series on your YouTube channel on bow drill fire making. I do too. As And I can't remember if you said it in yours, but I know I said it in mine. You can watch me on YouTube. You can watch them do, you know, hand drill fire on the loan for that matter, but that is not going to help you get better at making a bow drill fire. If you watch a show, this is my action step, single action step here. If you watch a show and you go, oh man, that looks really cool. Then immediately start Uh, getting the materials or getting yourself out in the woods to try to reproduce that yourself. See what comes about with it. You know, uh, see what comes up when you make a fire that way with wet materials, or you try to build a shelter in a, in, in 40 mile per hour winds or whatever comes up, then set about 
getting out and doing it instead of just watching it. So guys and gals, we hope you like these shorter segments. So please send us some feedback. If you want us to answer your questions on future Q&A segments, or you have some ideas for us for these sort of thumbs up, thumbs down segments, send them on. We would love to hear what you guys want to hear. Craig, you want to take us out? Yeah, it's uh, guys and gals listening. This is your show. It's not mine. It's not the Craig and David show. <laughs> it's the your show. It's the survival show. Uh, it's all about you. So let us know what you're liking, what you're disliking, and how what kind of things you want answered. And we'll do it. It's your, we're, we're here to serve you. That's what we're here for. By doing that, it'll help us make a better show. And here's how you can help us get the word out even more is subscribe to the podcast. When you subscribe, that helps get our numbers up and that helps us tremendously. Uh, Give us a five-star rating. That helps us rate higher. So when people are searching for the Survival Show podcast, it comes across their feed wherever they're looking for it. So we really appreciate doing that. Really appreciate you. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you all giving us that five-star review. So I think that's it, you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Survival Show podcast where we're doing our best to keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.